This Tuesday, November 21st, NBA Betting Picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's brought to you by Bet365. Bet365 is offering new users a $1,000 risk-free bet. Sign up today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, November the 21st, currently 11.04 on the East Coast, here to get into some more group stage play for the in-season tournament in the association. And joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know my voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, MLB, NFL, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? And nothing much. Had a pretty good weekend uh, and Monday in basketball. So hopefully it ends up carrying over into Tuesday. Had the Bucks wasn't easy. They scored 140, but they eventually got it done. So that worked out well for me. How'd your Monday go? I uh, wasn't too bad. Um, I know Play I had Thompson, though. Up the you made you some money yesterday. Give me a second because my headphones are not working here. Um, I might have to unplug them because I could talk through my mic, but. Uh, I could hear you through my and my computer. Um, yeah, I had E money line yesterday as my lock, and then we took or I took Deer and Fox over uh, thirty six and a half points yesterday as my dog. Uh, but in hindsight, they, they now looking out. at it, what happened? They got blown out. The Kings. Yeah, they got blown out, and I think that I should have recognized that they were on a back to back coming off of a huge high-paced game against the uh, Dallas Mavericks. It was just a bad spot for them. But, um, yeah, so that was a, a losing pick yesterday as far as my dog went. And then, no, me and uh, me and Terrell, like, handicapped and broke down the clay trend. Or I tried to convince him about it, and he was on board with uh, how clay just tortures the Rockets. Not up to the standards that he usually does yesterday, but he got the job done. He hit five threes. I think Terrell had that at plus 280. That also took over his points over 15 and a half. Um, and he had like, like what 12 in the first quarter, he had like three threes in the first quarter, so got off to a pretty good start. And then he, he eventually got it there in the third quarter. But yeah, yesterday it didn't turn out too bad. Um, in the association, anything else stuck out to you in the NBA yesterday? Uh, well, to go back to the clay things, you also tried to convince me, and I basically just said I was rooting you. for you. But I didn't have the courage to uh, put my own money on Clay Thompson. And it would ruin the narrative that I kind of painted with my thoughts towards him. But, yeah, he always does well against the Rockets. He had 20 points, which for his standards this year is incredible. But compared to how he was in his previous years, um, you know it's a bad look when you're a future Hall of Famer and now we're having celebratory posts for a 20-point game. That's not a good look, yeah. but it is what it is. got to start somewhere. And Clay was pretty good yesterday. As for the other games on the card... I mean, I mentioned the Wizards game. They were competitive for about two, uh, for about three, three quarters, give or take. And then the Bucks ended up kind of going crazy offensively at the end of the game. To put it into perspective here, the Bucks were trailing by one with about nine minutes left in the game. They proceeded to score on 15 of their next 16 possessions. 15 of 16 possessions in the fourth quarter. That's almost impossible. So, yeah, when, when we talk about how bad the Wizards are defensively, they are actually that bad. And then on top of Giannis going for 42 because they couldn't guard him, you're looking at Jordan Poole. With, they're trying to roll the inbound in with like four and a half to go. And he's pointing at the game clock, yelling that the clock shouldn't be running when the clock should clearly be running. Jordan Poole doesn't know the rules of basketball because he's like not touching the ball, waiting for the you know ball to travel further so the clock's not going to run. But it's only in the last two minutes. The clock's still running, so he just burned another five seconds while his team was down double digits. So it was really just hilarious to watch the Wizards again in the fourth quarter. Poole had 30. I think he took 26 shots. So yeah. that's not exactly a great game, but for his standards this year, that's not bad. 
But damn, man, the Wizards are just a meme of a basketball team. I mean, they're a mess. One of the takeaways I really had over the weekend is how many awful basketball teams there actually are in the Mm -hmm. league. Jokic gets ejected at half, basically at halftime, and that was a BS ejection, but still. The Pistons still can't beat the Nuggets with no Jamal Murray and with no Jokic for an entire half. Detroit couldn't win that one. They lost to Toronto by like 40 on Sunday, mm-hmm. the Spurs lost by 30 at home against the Clippers. That team sucks, too. Portland's been awful the entire year. There are a lot of really bad basketball teams in the NBA. And that was the Spurs also coming off a 40-point loss against the Clippers uh, early this season in L.A. as well. So um, I, I think I got I got I, I don't put a, I put an article out, article out yesterday on the website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com for the Bucks team total in the first quarter. I think I got too cute with it. I should have just taken the full game over um, because a full game um, team total over for the Bucks because I think this was on either Saturday or in the past few games, actually, when they've kind of figured it out offensively, like they've been a, a huge uh, second half team, at least yeah. scoring wise. Um, so I think like obviously in hindsight now, but it is what it is. But yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, defensively, so these teams, especially like we just talked about the Spurs, the Wizards, the Hornets. All right, they pulled it off yesterday against Boston. Um, That's a but, separate I mean, choke job. We didn't even talk about. But yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of bad defensive teams right now. And I think no matter high how these high high these numbers get for their opposing team totals, like Bucks yesterday were at one twenty seven and a half. Like I don't think we should be afraid of those big numbers because that's just how bad some of these defenses are uh, in the association right now. So uh, you want to touch on the Hornets and the Celtics game? I think we got to at least briefly talk about it because sure. I feel like the Celtics have lost the same game eight times in the last year and a half. I, I yeah. mean, this had every single making of a Celtics loss for, that we saw with Missoula last year. And mm-hmm. a big issue that we had with Boston late in games throughout the entire regular season, this team can't close. And whether yeah. it involves Missoula not calling timeouts, whether it involves – I don't really want to blame Tatum. I know he missed the free throw at the end, which would have tied the game again, but – in reality, you're up like eight points with two minutes to go or two and a half to go in the fourth quarter. You don't score for the final two-plus minutes against the Hornets in regulation. So I know people are going to roast Tatum. He had 45. Like, I'm not going to blame Tatum, yeah. whatever. I know that he missed the free throw. Okay, sure. You shouldn't have been in that point. You didn't score for two and a half minutes against the Hornets in regulation. Are you serious? Like I, I feel like Missoula, once again, is just an abysmal coach, and I haven't seen anything change. The only thing that changed is that they got better on paper because Marcus Smart's not there. They got Drew Holiday, and, of course, yeah. they got Porzingis, who's still healthy, and their starting five is incredible. But mm-hmm. this team still is mentally fragile late in games, which was the main issue or the main question mark that we had about this team. And I think we can agree that so far – they have not fully addressed those questions, and that's going to be a problem moving forward. Yeah, and I thought having the addition of Drew Holiday, especially in those late-game situations, him being a high IQ player for this uh, Celtics team would pay dividends. I guess maybe that's still to be determined because some of the, like you mentioned, the questionable decisions by Missoula down the stretch. Um, but I think, yeah, that's been a little... I, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised by it because we've seen it over the past several seasons from the Boston Celtics, but that's something that if they want to be serious uh, Eastern Conference contenders or at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone the NBA Finals, that's something that they're going to have to figure out quickly because those late-game executions is sometimes a difference between winning and losing, especially in the postseason. So um, hopefully it's a lesson learned by Joe Mazzula. Uh, it seems like thus, thus far this season it hasn't. Uh, been a, a lesson that he learned from last season, but yeah, we shall see uh, what transpires, at least in late game situations for the Boston Celtics. Uh, anything else from last night, Scott? Uh, not really. I think those are the main takeaways that I had. I wanted to just bring up the Celtics because that was such a classic 2022-2023 Celtics team loss that yeah. I wanted to point out there are still some remnants of that, uh, I don't want to say choking history, but you get my point. They're still not mm-hmm. the greatest team late in the fourth quarter, and that's a yep. bit of a problem. I don't have anything else. I already roasted Detroit for being terrible. I talked about Portland. I talked about you know some of the really bad teams. Shout out to Charlotte, though, for coming back there. But don't really have anything else. Minnesota's really good at basketball. Yeah, I had the under in that game. Unfortunately, they scored a lot of points in that first half, and the second half kind of went as I expected there. But They're the one that- seed now, I think. Yeah, 
I think, and I think when me and Terrell did the uh, sharp off at the beginning of the season, I mentioned Coach uh, Chris Finch for Coach of the Year. So I think that if they end up as a number one seed, I think he will get serious considerations uh, for, uh, for Coach of the if Year. They finish yeah. top three. I think. Yeah, I think so win. too. Especially what transfer I mean, it's, last it's right season. now. I think it's between him and Nick Nurse. If I had mm-hmm. to pick the leaders right now in the clubhouse, yeah, I'm trying to think of who else would be there because the Rockets. We don't get a shot early, but I know it's still very early in the season. The Rockets have kind of struggled a bit lately, so yeah. I don't think he would win. Jason Kidd wouldn't win because Luca and Kyrie would get the credit anyway. So I think probably right now for Coach of the Year, if I had to do like a power ranking system, yeah. I'd have Finch one. Actually, I think I'd probably have Nurse one and Finch two. Because of the Harden distraction, the fact that the Sixers look arguably better without Harden. Yeah. But I think yeah. those are clearly the two guys that have so far separated themselves from the rest of the pack about, I don't know, a seventh of the way through the season. Yeah. Uh, right now, uh, Ime Udoka and Chris Finch are the co favorites uh, for Coach of the Year at plus 650. Mac, uh, sorry, uh, three um, coaches are co favorites uh, Mark Dagnall, Amy Yodoka and Chris Finch all at plus six fifty, followed by Joe Mazula eight to one, and the Nick Nurse, like you mentioned, at ten to one. I forgot about Dagnall, but I mean yeah. he was the favorite going in. We both gave him out for the Coach of the Year award episode, yeah. but I would probably have Nurse in my top two if I had to do a power ranking. What Nurse has yeah. done with this team has been incredible. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, before we get into the things, what five games here tonight uh, in the association? Six games, I believe. But uh, before we dive into it, uh, let me tell everyone about. It's five, Bet by three, the way. Five games, yeah. Bet365. We're brought to you by Bet365. And Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book, trusted by over 88 million players worldwide. Props, sides, totals, live betting. Bet365 has you covered. And if you like boost, you're going to love Bet365, like a 30% profit boost on your NFL same-game parlay. Plus, they even have an early payout offer. If your team goes up by 17 points, sign up today and choose from two bonus offers, either a $1,000 no sweat bet or bet $5 and get 150 in bonus bets. Just head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365 or use a sign-up link in our show bio and stay tuned. We'll give you our lock and dog at the end of the episode like we usually do from bet365 uh, for the slate here tonight. All right, Scott, let's get into these uh, in-season tournament group play games here on this Tuesday schedule. We'll start here with the Toronto Raptors. They are in Orlando to take on the Magic. Uh, currently on Bed365, the Orlando Magic are a slight home favorite here of one and a half. Total sitting at 216 and a half in this game. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. For the Toronto Raptors, uh, Christian Coloco is out for this game, and Thaddeus Young is doubtful. For the Orlando Magic, Wendell Carter Jr. continues to be out. Markel Fultz is out as well for this game. So two guys, uh, and Jet Howard. Oh, sorry, he's on assignment anyways. He wasn't part of the roster. So Wendell Carter Jr. and Mark- Markel Fultz are going to be out for the Orlando Magic. Uh, minus one and a half here uh, for the Magic hosting the Raptors here. Scott, let's start with the side. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'll go with the Magic first half. I mean, I don't think I really need to expand on that. I feel yeah. like that's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. Magic first half is the way to go. I, I Toronto's a weird team for me because I feel like we acknowledge Toronto's not that great, but they can't sneak up on you if you're not careful because of how versatile their lineup actually is. Now, you can argue that, that there is a kind of an issue with this team, though, because besides turtle they really don't have any center depth at all and they get out rebounded a decent amount but they have talent you know with uh, siakam and barnes then they've been pretty good uh, at times but orlando's a team that is also kind of in the same boat where especially with the injury to wendell carter they don't really have any size and they've been trying to combat that anyway been okay for the most part but i do think orlando first half until it just stops working i'll keep mm-hmm. taking the first half Having said that, I also want to consider taking Toronto fourth quarter because Orlando is one of the worst fourth quarter teams in the league. If you just yeah. watch them play, they blow so many leads late, which is why they're currently a one loss team in the first half ATS. But the record's a lot worse than that because mm-hmm. they're abysmal in the second half of games. So I'd probably look for Orlando in the first half and then consider Toronto maybe live line if they're trailing at half, maybe consider them fourth quarter only. But I'm going to keep riding the Orlando trends. Good early, bad late, probably meet somewhere in the middle. So I think Orlando's probably going to cover, if I had to guess. But I do want to follow the same script 
that Orlando's been following for basically every game this entire season. Yeah, if you want to dig a little deeper um, about this Orlando Magic first half, especially in that second quarter, man, they've just been so damn good. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the net rating numbers uh, for them in that second quarter here. Give me a second. I have it right here. Um, so for the Orlando Magic in the second quarter in particular, uh, they have a net rating of twenty plus 27.2. That, uh, to put it in per- perspective here, Scott, the second best team is the Philadelphia 76ers. They have a net rating of 15.8 in that first, uh, sorry, in that second quarter. So, By the way, just to add on to that, if you want to actually yeah. go by point margin, the Magic have a point margin in the second quarter of plus seven. Yeah. Philly's second at plus 4.2. Yeah. So they're not even so that, close. Yeah. And I'm trying to pull up what the Raptors have done, um, or actually I have it as far as uh, net rating, uh, and I'll get uh, the Raptors uh, the fifth worst second quarter team in the league. Yeah, um, let me go back to net rating here. So Raptors are the fifth worst at minus thirteen as far as net rating goes. So um, I think you could play it either way. I've seen times where. The opposing teams have gotten out to a lead in the first quarter against the Magic, or they've kind of kept it close. And then I think that second quarter is where the Orlando Magic really take off um, and really get that first half lead. So if you want to also take the second quarter for the Magic, I don't hate that. But right now on Bet365, the first half line for the Orlando Magic is minus, uh, minus a half. So they just have to be up by a point uh, at the half uh, for you to win this bet. Uh, Terrell mentioned it yesterday, at least in the United States, they're 12-0 uh, first half uh, ATS and uh, straight up. So, yeah, uh, definitely will be back uh, on the train of the Orlando Magic in the first quarter. Oh, sorry, By the uh, way, talk half. about the fourth quarter for a second because I yeah, brought it ahead. up. Orlando yeah. is second to last in uh, average fourth quarter point margin. So they are abysmal in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Toronto's actually good. Toronto's seventh. So if you wanted to once again go for some type of Orlando early Toronto late strategy, the point margins for quarters and for halves definitely prove what we're saying. Orlando's yeah. really good early and really bad late in games. And you Toronto's a, the opposite. You see a first half full game kind of ordeal for I'll Magic check. and then Raptors? Once again, I'm still leaning to Orlando to win the game. I think they'll be able to win it at home. But okay. I do think it's a good spot to consider if you want to go for some extra value. I know that yeah. props usually at like 5-1, to one, but let me just quickly check because the point spread's not big. So it's not going to be an insane price. But I do think if you think Toronto's going to win, halftime, full-time is probably the way to go with Orlando leading at half because that follows the same script that we're talking about. I do see on Bet365 Toronto, and this is a three-way line, um, Kind of similar with that in soccer. Uh, Toronto minus one in the fourth quarter is plus 105. Okay. By the way, it is exactly five to one for Toronto Perfect. halftime and Orlando full time. I oh, know. Okay. Sorry. That's the opposite. Uh, I wanted Orlando. Uh, yeah. It's the same thing. It's five to one. Yeah. Okay. Um, total 216 and a half. Uh, it, it, it's one of those games where I'm really not sure because Orlando can't really shoot. Uh, but is Toronto a great shooting team? Not really. I'm not going to overreact to them uh, burying Detroit and scoring 142 points because Detroit's abysmal. Yeah. I think I'm going to... I I really don't have much in this game, to be honest. So let me see if this uh, trend uh, convinces you. Uh, The total has gone under in 13 of the last 14 games Toronto has played on the road against Orlando. Sure. We'll back that trend. I got nothing else, so I'll just let you convince me. (laughs) All right, uh, and then also the total uh, this season uh, is uh, five and or sorry, uh, the total has gone under in five of Orlando's last six home games uh, this season as well. So, um, want to see what they're at as pace before we get to player props here because I think that might just be a little bit more telling. Again, Orlando has been one of the better defensive teams this season. Um, I think they're either yeah they're top like top three uh, in mm-hmm. those categories. So as far as pace, Orlando is number fifteen and Toronto is number twenty two. So um, definitely on the slower side of things. All right, uh, Scott, player props. Yeah, uh, for this one, I'm trying to think of which main player in Orlando I want to go to because I actually think that Toronto can match up with Boncaro decently with Barnes mm-hmm. and with Siakam. Yep. I might sound pretty obscure. I actually like Cole Anthony today. I know okay. Terrell's going to be shocked when he hears that because I'm not the biggest Cole Anthony guy, but I think he's in line for a good matchup. We're, we've been talking a lot about Orlando's bench and how the guards have a decent amount of depth, and Toronto really doesn't have that, 
And I do think that Cole Anthony might be in line for a pretty solid game today. He's been playing some good basketball lately, so I'll give him props for that. Cole Anthony points, I think, is pretty appealing to me. So if you can find props on Anthony, I don't mind that. Uh, I know that Anthony is also not afraid of shooting. So that's also one of the reasons why I don't exactly like him. But the point is, I think he has a decent matchup in this one. I'll lean to Cole Anthony over. I'm trying to think of any other props. If you want a sneaky prop, I actually don't mind uh, Jalen Suggs over 17.5 points, rebounds, and assists. He's gone over in seven of the last ten, got over, uh, gone over in three of the last five. He's done well against Toronto in the past. And 17 and a half does feel a little bit short for a guy who has a lot of energy. He's involved in basically a lot of the little things that Orlando does. I don't mind Jalen Suggs points, rebounds, and assists over 17 and a half. Um, what's his points prop you said? Uh, for Cole Anthony or for Suggs? Uh, for Suggs. Uh, for Suggs, let me just look up points only. Uh, sorry, waiting for. Let me just say that that's three head-to-head matchups against the Raptors. He has 21 points, 15 points, and 24 points. It's at 11 and a half. Okay, so yeah, he's gone over this number in all three matchups this season, uh, or sorry, in his career uh, against the uh, Toronto uh, Raptors. So uh, yeah, I think that's a good look there for uh, Jalen Suggs. Um, I didn't really have any other props that I did like in the game. Maybe if you look at uh, uh, Batase, the starting center for the Orlando Magic in place of Wendell Carter Jr., yeah, his rebounds are at six and a half, but they're a little bit juiced at minus one twenty-five. But I mean, we know about opposing centers against the Raptors over the past several seasons, even with Jacoperto there. The other opposing centers are still having success. So if you want to look at that, but um, yeah, I do like the Jalen Suggs prop that you brought up. Uh, all right, anything else for this game? No, not really. Uh, all right, before we get over to the next game on the schedule, uh, let me tell everyone about. Uh, underdog fantasy. Uh, it's that time of year where we have the NFL going on, NBA, NHL, college football, and college basketball. And underdog has a way to play alongside your favorite football or sorry, your favorite fantasy players all season long. Uh, simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. And I think both Scott and I agree that we do like to hire on Jalen Suggs here tonight. Uh, for the Orlando Magic. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up uh, with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And as we usually do, uh, Scott and I will put together a, a entry for tonight's games uh, in the association. So stay tuned for that as well. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bets with circle stats and data. Intend a parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. So are all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game on the schedule here. We'll go over to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are in Philly here tonight to take on the Sixers. Sixers currently sitting as a seven and a half point uh, home favorite here. Total of 220 and a half uh, in this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell is going to be out for this game. He's sitting with a right hamstring strain. Isaac Okoro is out as well, and Karis LeVert is questionable. For the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, only Kelly Oubre is going to be out for the Sixers. Other than that, everybody is a go in this game. Uh, start with the side here, Scott, minus 7.5 in favor of the Philadelphia 76ers. So Cleveland has played a bit better lately. They've still been underwhelming. I know Donovan Mitchell has been in and out of the lineup. The, without him, they've actually been okay. But... The real question that I have here is, do I think Cleveland can go on the road and get the job done? They ended up beating Denver at home. Denver, low-key, a pretty bad road team. And they beat Detroit by yeah. eight, which is Detroit, and they also beat Portland. So they haven't really played anybody good recently. Had a nice win on the road against Golden State, though. Uh, but I believe that was the game Draymond... Did Dray- Draymond got ejected in that game, or he got a technical in that game? Uh, which game was this? The Cleveland game. That was the game he got ejected in the second half for two techs. 
I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was when he got ejected. Because I remember uh, Donovan Mitchell kind of put up the deuce assigned to him when he did get yeah. ejected. So point is Cleveland's been better lately, but they haven't exactly played great teams. Beat Denver, but Denver has been kind of a mess on the road. I think I'm going to lean to Philly in this one. This team's been really good. I praised Nurse at the start of the show for potentially being the coach of the year at this point, but they've been really good, simply put. And I think that Cleveland with Mitchell having some injury issues and with, I think, Levert's a game-time decision uh, for Cleveland Mm -hmm. here. They have too many injuries, in my opinion, and I just think that Jared Allen, who's been kind of a complete non-factor so far this season and Mobley, are actually just not going to be able to handle Embiid, in my opinion. And I think that looking at Philly with Maxi and I don't think anybody on Cleveland's backcourt can guard him either, I'm going to take Philly. It might be close for a bit, but taking the Sixers at home has worked out so far this season. I don't exactly see that changing. Once again, I'll acknowledge Cleveland playing better, but it was against pretty weak competition for the most part. Philly's not weak competition. I'll take Philly in the spot. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Philly has been really good at home uh, this season. I'm trying to pull up the exact uh, numbers here. Let's see. Uh, well, they're six and two record wise, but I don't have. I got to pull up the ATS record. Yeah, six and two as well uh, at home. They're averaging about close to 122 points uh, per game at home as well. Uh, have lost back to back home games, which was against the Pacers, but that was the second leg where usually when those you know two teams play in consecutive you know days or two games and three nights, usually it's a split. And then um, Celtics were in that revenge factor uh, against the Sixers in that last game, so. Uh, they're back at home here. Uh, I'm with the Sixers here as well. I think uh, it'll be too much for, like I mentioned, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley to try to contain Joel Embiid. But then, you know, other guys have been stepping up as well as out of uh, Tyrese Maxey. So, I mean, you mentioned Nick Nurse has done a really great job thus far this season with his Philadelphia 76ers team. So I think especially at home, I think they continue rolling where, you know, over the, even in the Doc Rivers era, they were really good at home. So I think they do a great job of t- defending home court. Uh, so I'm with the Sixers here, minus seven and a half. Uh, they should take care of business here. Uh, let's get over to the total in this game right now. It is down tick to 220 right now here. Scott, anything on the total? Not really. Um, sorry if I'm being a bit passive on totals, but it's kind of tricky in the NBA unless you have one really bad defense being involved. Involved. These defenses are these defenses are fine. I think I'm going to lean to the under. Like I don't have a great feel for the total in this game, but. I think that Cleveland is going to still try to slow the pace down. They're going to try to offer some resistance to Embiid. I don't think it's going to work, but at least they have some decent front court defense in general with those two guys that they have. So I'm going to lean to the under. I don't feel great about it. It's mostly based on Mitchell not playing. So I'll lean to the under, but I'm not going to bet it. Yeah, I didn't have anything for the total in this game. Um, lean with the over, but again, I'm not going to be betting it. I, 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 wouldn't, I wasn't able to find anything, especially I don't know how this team will react or – you know, be without Donovan Mitchell uh, in this game. So, uh, yeah, I'm not putting any money on the total in this game here. Uh, let's get over to player props here. Scott, why don't you give your player props here? And I'm going to plug in my charger because my computer may die here in a second. Yeah, so my main prop for this one, I think, is going to be Jared Allen unders. I'm going to fade him with points and rebounds. He's been really bad so far this season. Stats-wise, I'm sure people have realized it, but I'm going to read off some numbers here. So his points, rebounds, numbers at 22.5. It's at minus 115. He's gone under in 10 straight games. 10. So if you want to go back to the start of all the games he played this season because he missed some of the start of the season. He's played eight games this year. He's gone under 22 in all the games, and now it's at 22 and a half. Allen is not a main focal point for this offense, and I do think that whether you're looking at a spot where MB maybe gets him into foul trouble, maybe the fact that Jared Allen isn't exactly great at creating his own shot anyway. The point is Allen, I think, has a bad matchup here because he's been objectively not great stats-wise this season. I'll go with Jared Allen under 22.5 points in rebounds and minus 115. Yeah, I don't hate that. I think that, like you mentioned, that foul trouble may come into a part here trying to guard uh, uh, Joel Embiid in this game. Um, I was looking at Darius Garland uh, without Donovan Mitchell. He's actually been pretty good. He's averaged about 25.8 points per game. Uh, I think it's been eight games for Darius Garland without uh, Donovan Mitchell since Donovan Mitchell uh, joined the Cleveland Cavaliers. So um, I think his number was at, yeah, 21 and a half for the game here tonight. Um, And he's done historically pretty well against this uh, Philadelphia 76ers team as well. So uh, let me see here, quickly try to pull it up. So yeah, uh, 12 games, I'm sorry, without Donovan Mitchell. 
He's averaging 25.8 points, 8.3 assists, and three rebounds per game. Um, last couple games without Donovan in the mat, uh, in the lineup, 26, 31, 19, 28, and 26. Um, and then there was an earlier matchup, uh, I believe it was, this was last season, where Darius Garland had, let's see here, I think it was 19 assists, if I'm not mistaken, uh, against the Sixers. Yeah, this was back in March of 2022. Finished that game with 26 points, 19 assists. But, I mean, the last seven games against the Sixers, 27 points, 26 points, 22, 23, 21, 27. And then his last... Uh, last season was a little bit of a dud where he was only six of 17 from the floor and finished up a game with 15 points. But uh, especially with Karis LeVert injured, I think the usage rate for Darius Garland will be, uh, will be at a higher uh, number. And then also um, I think if there is a blowout concern, I think he may still be on the floor, but he'll be playing the majority of the minutes uh, for the uh, Cavs here tonight. So um, if you want to do points and assists combined for Darius Garland, I don't hate that. Um, that number currently is 29 and a half minus 105. But if you want to do points alone, uh, that number is at 22 and a half now. So the number has been adjusted a little bit, but I do like Darius Garland here tonight. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? Oh, uh, yeah, one thing I like Mobley over one and a half turnovers uh, at minus 140. Okay. Bit juicy, but I still like it. He's had at least two turnovers, including the playoffs last year, in 15 of the last 19 games. And he's also had at least two turnovers in seven of his last nine games with Mitchell out of the lineup. There's a big responsibility for Mobley offensively with a Mitchell not taking 20-plus shots a game. And I still have questions about Mobley's bag, and it seems like he's still pretty turnover-prone. Give me the Mobley over one and a half turnovers. Yeah, I, I can get behind that for sure. Um, one more I'll throw out there, uh, Joel Embiid rebounds. I thought this number was a little conservative. Ten and a half. It is minus one twenty-five. But well, some games he chooses not to rebound, so that's why it's conservative. Yeah, um, but I mean, just looking at what he's done against the Cavs for the past six to seven games here, and I had this pulled up this morning when I was handicapping this game. But so in his career, he's averaging eleven point six assists. But uh, um, last six games or last five games, seventeen rebounds, seventeen rebounds, six, and then um, fourteen, and then eighteen. So when he wants a rebound, he's definitely getting over this number. Uh, for sure. He's also been dominant scoring wise as well. So uh, 10 and a half over on Joel Embiid rebounds. I do like that uh, for him here tonight as well. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night here, Scott. Uh, we got the Indiana Pacers. They are in Atlanta to take on the Hawks. Currently, the number is minus four in favor of the Atlanta Hawks. The bigger story. That's not, here that's not is- a typo, right? The, uh, the That's other not number. a typo. Yeah, the, okay. the, the, this uh, I did not switch the one and the five on this total here. It is currently sitting at two fifty one and a half uh, between these two teams. This number actually opened at two fifty yesterday, but now it's up to two fifty one and a half. You see uh, money coming in on the over. I'm sure we'll have a bigger breakdown on the total here, but let's start with the side. Or let me get to the injury report before we get to the side here. Uh, for the Indiana Pacers, Andrew Nimhard is questionable. And that is pretty much it for the Atlanta Hawks. Everybody's a go. So pretty healthy squads here uh, for both of these teams. Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus four in favor of the Hawks. Uh, what are you thinking about the side? I think I'm going to lean to the Pacers. I don't feel great about the side, but I think it is pretty telling that this line's pretty short. Atlanta, you expect to have a good home court because they have a good fan base in general. They're not good at home. They're two and four this season. They've lost two straight home games against yep. decent competition, lost to the Knicks and lost to the Sixers, but still, point is not exactly a great home team. Indiana got curb stomped against Orlando last time out, and they were down by like 30 at the half. I do think that Indiana is going to put a better effort forward, and I do think that Atlanta, we were kind of high on during the offseason. We thought that they would look sharper, but they really have not. I don't think that Atlanta is that good. You can make the argument the same thing about the Pacers. They're not exactly a great team either because defensively they're a joke. But still, I think I'm going to lean to the Pacers. I just think that they have a bit too much firepower for Atlanta to deal with. Atlanta has Trey Young, who still can't really shoot. DeJounte, who has been fine, but I still don't like that partnership together. And is that basically it? Like, I'm looking at Atlanta, and I really haven't been impressed by many of the other guys. Jalen Johnson, I like. Uh, I think Bay is a pretty good role player. That's kind of it. 
Like Bogdanovich has been hit or miss, but I really have not been a fan of Atlanta so far this season, at least compared to what we thought they would be earlier uh, in the preseason. But I think that Indiana has one of the best point guards in the league. I think that they still have a lot of young talent, a lot of shooting with that team. I'm going to lean to the Pacers plus the points. I like the total more, but I'm going to lean to the Pacers in this one. Yeah, I can't get there with the Hawks, man. Like you mentioned, they're just one in five against the spread. And I mean, most of these games, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm sorry. uh, At home for the Hawks. Um, And they've been like close games, uh, except for the last two, right? Let me, oh, sorry. The last one against the Sixers, where they lose at home to Charlotte, like to start the year. Like this team just doesn't. I don't. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the fact that Trey can't shoot, or you know, the usage is so high with Trey and, and Dejounte. But the supporting cast, I'm looking at Jalen, I like, and they have some pieces here and there. But for the most part, it just feels like something's off, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I think I know. I love the Hawks coming into this year. It just seems like they're. I mean, they've been better on the road for whatever reason. Um. But long story short, I'm leaning with the Pacers here. I think the bigger conversation here, Scott's going to be about the total um, at 251.5. And And this number opened up um, at 250, like I mentioned. So I'll put this into context before we break it down here. So last season, these two teams did match up um, in, I believe it was in Atlanta again. And the total in that game was the exact number where it opened up at, at 250. And that game ended up with a final score of 143 to 130. And that was in regulation. Uh, between these two squads so i think the books are expecting something similar and the stats do back it up here but i mean i'm not afraid of this big number i think it's just going to fly over something similar to what we saw last season between these two teams 143 130 what do you think i'm only over yeah Uh, there's a reason why the total's gone up a point and we've crossed 250 which is kind of uncharted territory but i think these teams are awful defensively especially indiana indiana is a team that's fun and they're kind of must-watch. Maybe that's what they're going for. They're not going to win a damn thing long-term because they actually hand out 125 points basically every game. So I'm not going to pick them to do anything worth a damn long-term. But in the spot, I think they can beat Atlanta because Atlanta doesn't guard anybody either. So I do think that if you're comparing the current form of Halliburton and Trey Young, I think Halliburton's the better player. That's kind of why I'm leaning to the Pacers right now. But I do think looking at the total for this game, if, if I told you that each team is going to score 125, you'd probably tell me what, in three and a half quarters? Like, no, we think each team's going to get to 125. Like, I'm going to the, I'm going uh, the yeah. over. I think you see this game probably get into first to 135 wins type yeah. of territory. You said the game last year landed at about 270. I, yeah. see th- I see something similar here. I'm on the over. The only concern is that Atlanta has been off to some slow starts in the first quarter of games. So he may be able to get a better line live in the first quarter. But I do think eventually you're going to see at least one of these quarters have 70 points. Maybe two of these quarters have 70 points. So I'm on the over. And this game turns into a track meet. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. I I love the over in this game. Um, Looking at the first half total, that's sitting at 125 right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um yeah, 125 and a half is a number in the first half. So I mean, at least one of these teams is probably scoring 70 in the first half. Yeah, and I don't be surprised if both of these teams score for uh, uh, both of these teams score uh, uh, 70 in the first half. Something similar to what we saw. I know it's Mexico City, but it was Orlando and Atlanta where it was like 73 to 69 in the first half between those two teams. And I mean, like you mentioned, both these teams are not very good defensively. Uh, defensive rating. The um, Pacers are the fifth worst, but that's right down there with the Jazz, the Wizards, the Spurs, the Hornets, Atlanta, not too far behind uh, the Indiana Pacers. And I think the one thing that really sticks out to me is pace, right? You mentioned it, that uh, both these teams play at a very fast pace. Indiana number one in pace, Atlanta number three in pace. Also, the over is five and one in home games uh, this season for the Atlanta Hawks. I know we talked about how bad uh, they have been ATS wise at home thus far this season, but the over is five and one. And I'm trying to go back a couple seasons here and see um, the total in Hawks games at home because I feel like that's a trend uh, that we have seen. So since the 2021 season, 53 41 towards the over, that's around 56%. Um, I'm going to do that to the last two seasons. It gets even better. 
30 and 20 uh, to the over uh, at 60% over the last uh, two seasons for the Atlanta Hawks. So over, over, over in this game for sure. Um, player props here, Scott. I'm not taking any unders. Yeah, that's I'll that much. <laughs> uh, I'll just stick with the assists. Give me Halliburton assists over. What's the number? 17 and a half? No, I'm joking. Like, I, I don't know if it matters what the number is for Halliburton. I'll take the over and assists. He's probably going to go for what? Like 25 or 30 and 15? In this game, if I had to guess. Well, I mean, I think both Hallie and Trey Young can do that. I, I yeah. think we should probably put together like a 30 plus for Hallie and Trey Young and then 13 plus to see what that comes out to. That works. I feel like once again, I'd probably look more for Halliburton assists because Halliburton can have some big offensive games scoring, but he's yeah. still a pass first guy from what I've seen. So I think Halliburton might walk into 15 assists. Trey probably gets to like 12 assists, if that, maybe more. So I think a floor for Trey is basically 12. So I don't mind parlaying the assists for both point guards. If we're expecting each team to score about 120, 125 or more, I'm taking the assists for the point guards. So I pulled up the box score from last year, and um, I know it's hindsight, but I told you last season that Trey Young only got up 11 shots, and that may have been a game he left with an injury because he only played 21 minutes. I think got ejected. Um, okay, yeah. DeJounte Murray finished that game with 20 points and 12 assists, and then Halliburton in that game had 19 points and 13 assists in that game. So, I mean, I would not be opposed to putting like 13 plus assists for your either DeJounte or I mean, maybe DeJounte and Halliburton or Trey Young and Halliburton. Which one would you think? Uh, I, on, I once again, I just think that Atlanta's most of the road's offense is going to rely on Trey and DeJounte based on usage. So I don't yeah. mind even if you want to do one big parlay and take overs on a bunch of players, you throw in DeJounte and Trey because like so they're going to have to carry the entire team basically. It's funny because right now I see uh, Hallie's uh, assist 11 and a half, but it's juiced to minus 165. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, think he has a, I think he has a legitimate shot of 15 assists tonight. Yeah, I think so too. I think you get to like me. I mean, I'm be surprised if he has 20 assists here tonight. Does Halliburton? Um, looking over on uh, Bed Three Six Five, like the milestones, uh, 13 assists is at minus 115 for Halliburton. But for let's see, Dejounte, Dejounte, 10 assists is at nine to one, and then Trey Young at 13 uh, plus assist is at plus 175. Oh, sorry, yeah, plus 175. Um, Capella had 17 rebounds in that game yesterday as well. So I think it just goes into like, if respecting a lot of pace, a lot of shots being put up, the rebounding opportunities are going to be there as well. So uh, wouldn't be a mind, a Clint Capella rebounding prop here, but let me see how he's done against the uh, Pacers. But anything else for us for player props? Yeah, I think I'm tempted by math run over. I like yeah. high energy young guys in a very high scoring game. So I think math runs in line for maybe a 20 piece. Uh, healed threes. Once again, it's a bunch of overs. There's no chance of taking an under with a total of 251 and a half. Pick whichever guy you want. Just have some fun with it. That's my advice for you in this game. Yeah, if you're over better and you want to put a like an over same game parlay, like this is the ultimate game this season where you can do that. Um, all right, anything else? No, that's pretty much it. All right, Lewis asking trade double double. Yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if he doesn't have what's double, the juice double on that? that though. Like, yeah, it's, it's got to be a like, minus like one six, like, what one seventy. I was going to say like minus one seventy five would be my guess, but let me take a look here. Uh, double double market. Um, so Capella plus one twenty five. Trey Young is minus two thirty. Two thirty. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Halliburton is minus 370 for double-double. Again, so these are good parlay, same-game parlay pieces. Uh, again, if you want to go up to milestones as well, you can, uh, you should be able to do that. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game. Two games left on the board here. We'll go over to the Portland Trailblazers. They are visiting the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Aiden, uh, returning to Phoenix for the first time since the trade. Right now, the Suns are sitting as a 13-point favorite. Uh, in this game with a total of 224, that number has come down a tick here. Um, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the uh, Portland Troll Blazers for the Blazers. Where are they? Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is questionable here tonight. Uh, Scoot Henderson, we know, is out. Moses Brown is questionable. He is on G League assignment. 
Uh, and that is pretty much it for the Blazers. For the Suns, we know Bradley Beal is going to be out. Um, Watanabe is out here tonight as well. So uh, one of their shooters is going to be out. Left uh, quad contusion for uh, Watanabe here. So uh, Beal and Watanabe for the Suns. Uh, Suns, 13-point favorites here, Scott, against the Portland Trail Blazers. What are you thinking? I think that the Suns can't guard anybody, so the line looks ridiculous. But Portland's awful. They're really, really bad. So yeah. I understand why the line is so big. We saw what Phoenix did offensively with Booker and Durant in those two games against Utah. Two crazy games. A lot of fun. A lot of high, a lot of points. But uh, Phoenix got the win in both those. Durant had basically back-to-back 40 pieces, basically. I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, yeah. But I think for the sake of this game, I'm only tempted by Portland if Brogdon plays because this mm-hmm. backcourt's awful. If he doesn't yeah. now, Mays has had some decent assist games, but you look at the results for Portland recently, ever since Brogdon got hurt, it's been a disaster. There's, there's really no way around it. Uh, Portland in the last couple of games played OKC at home, lost by 43, played the Lakers at home, lost by 12, played the Cavs. I believe Mitchell did not play in that game, I don't think. And they lost by, or he might have, they lost by 14. Played Utah on the road, lost by 16. So they've been getting curb stomped in basically every game they've played for the last week and change. They've lost seven straight. The team's abysmal. Uh, You're looking at Phoenix. They had two competitive games on the road against Utah, which they won, beat Minnesota at home, scored 133 points. I know Minnesota's on a back-to-back. Still an impressive showing with 133. I'm going to lean to the over. I think I'm going to lean to Phoenix. I hate it, but... People expect Aiden to have a revenge game here. I think he's going to no-show the game. I think Aiden's going to do nothing the entire game. So I'm going to go with the Suns. I think they I think they killed this team. It's a good spot to drop 130 and just dare Portland to do anything against you. And I don't think they can. So I'm going to lean to the over, yeah. and I'm going to lean to the Suns minus the third. I think the only um, Aiden prop I would look at as far, I don't know, like quote-unquote revenge would Probably just be like his rebounds to go over. Um, in this game, I think that Aiden has done a pretty good job rebounding the basketball this season for the uh Portland Trailblazers, but I just don't think that he has that it factor of wanting to stick it to his former team. I mean, maybe maybe we're wrong here, but uh, I think at but least what, rebounding what do you think wise, is more likely though, based on Aiden's career, do you think he's the type of guy who's going to put together an FU performance, or is he more of a guy you're gonna notice? has like 10 and eight midway through the fourth quarter because he yeah, just looks I mean, like, like he's not even on the court. Probably. Be. Yeah. And that's what I meant, right? Like he doesn't have that, uh, that it factor, that killer instinct. Like you want to stick it to your previous team. Um, but I, I, I don't hate his rebounds. I know we'll talk about player props here in a second, but I think the one look I would have, uh, if you want to back the Phoenix suns, kind of get in and get out with your money is probably that first quarter for the Phoenix suns, because you have, at least one of Kevin Durant or Devin Booker on the floor for that entire first quarter. I know there's sometimes a stretch where both of them are on the floor and Frank Vogel is trying to see if he can get somebody else to step up in that span, but it just hasn't happened right now for so the Phoenix Suns just went to context in the last five games in the first quarter, they have a net rating of plus 13.5. That's seventh best in the league and the Portland uh, in that first quarter or third worst minus 27.2 of the last uh, five games uh, in the association. That's uh, just behind the wizards minus 28.6 and the Chicago bulls minus 35.3. So by the I way, know for season minus- long numbers in the first quarter, the Suns yeah. are the sixth best first quarter team in the league and point differential. The Trailblazers mm-hmm. are second yeah. to last. Only the Lakers are worse. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would look at Suns in the first quarter, team total to go over in the first quarter. I mean, we know what Devin Booker is capable of doing, especially in that first quarter. I mean, you blink an eye at the end of the first quarter, he has double digit points and like four assists already. Um, Suns five and one to the over uh, at home so far this season as well. So, things might be a spot where I might look at Suns. Uh, first quarter team total, first half team total, full game team total. I'm just not a believer in this Portland Trail Blazers defense, especially if, like we mentioned, like the Suns haven't been very good defensively either. So this might be a game where it's still me might be within a 10 point game and you still need Devin Booker and Kevin Durant out there. They're still just going to keep scoring. But I think they do put up points in this game here. Uh, player prop, Scott, what are we looking at? 
Well, for the Suns, you can kind of pick if you think Durant or Booker have the big game. I don't mind Booker assists. He's been pretty solid facilitating lately, and Durant's been a flamethrower. Eric Gordon threes has been solid recently. I wouldn't mind going back there, especially with Watanabe being out. I know that they're different positions, but the point is Gordon does stretch the floor, and he's been a solid three-point shooter this season. So I think he might get more usage and more volume from the three-point line. For Portland, I think I like Sharp in this game. I'm not saying Portland's going to be competitive mm-hmm. in this game, but this is the type of game where Sharp's going to show up trying to prove something. They'll be down 40 in the process, but he's going to try to get his. So I don't mind Sharp potentially going for 25 in this game. But I think Sharp points is my only look for Portland. Maybe you can look for Brogdon assists, or if you want to go Maze assists, I don't mind it. But I, prefer, I feel better about Brogdon. But I do think that Portland's tricky because they might get killed in this game. But Sharp's going to try to get his. So I'm probably looking at Sharp and nobody else. I want to see how bad their three-point defense is because Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Eric Gordon are all at plus odds at two and a half on the over for their three-point makes here tonight. Um, Actually, they're pretty good. Portland's the fourth best as far as defending the three-point line. They're only giving up 11.2 per game. Uh, Percentage-wise, they are right above league average at 35-point. But let me break this down to the road uh, before we get to the last game here. Um, All right, let's see. So Portland, opponent three-pointers. Yeah, second best. All right, so I guess there's a reason why it's at plus odds. All right, anything else for this game, Scott? Not really, uh, but I am an only to Phoenix and only to the over. All right. Last game on the board, we got the Utah Jazz. They are in L.A. to take on the Lakers. Currently, the Lakers are a 7.5-point favorite. Total sitting at 237.5. Now, let me adjust this banner. So, a little bit of money uh, coming in on the over uh, in this game. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. Uh, Utah Jazz injury report. Uh only Walker Kessler, uh, he's dealing with that elbow sprain still, so he's going to continue to be out. For the L.A. Lakers, Jared uh, Vanderbilt is continues to be out. Gabe Vincent continues to be out as well. LeBron is questionable tonight, and Anthony Davis is probable in this game. Uh, Just Scott, to be clear, by the, way, Lakers, the winner Miles, of this game yeah. wins the group. Right? That is a fantastic question. Let me. Look I think at the winner of this game wins the group, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, I'll look it up. Uh, when you want to give your handicap for the side? Uh, yeah. Well, sorry to interrupt, but I I want to mention once again these are no, tournament good. games. I'm I'm pretty sure the Jazz and yeah, the Lakers. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember the Jazz game against the Suns on Friday. Was that a that was a tournament game? So I'm trying on to Friday. Yeah. If- Tuesdays and Fridays are the tournament games day. So, um, Lakers are three and zero in the Group A. Uh, Jazz are two and one. Right now, the Lakers have a plus 14 uh, point differential, and the Jazz have a plus 6.3 point differential. Okay, but I don't know if does head to head separate as an immediate tiebreaker or just goes by point uh, differential? I, mean, I think it would probably be head to head first and then point differential, but let me. I'm look assuming that up, that's, that's the case. That. So we might be wrong, but there are some tournament group winning implications here in some capacity. Yeah. yeah so yeah, both yeah. teams should care. Uh, this might be the only thing Utah wins all season, so you can argue they might be extra motivated for this one. Uh, but the Lakers are a very good home team, six and one straight up at home. Utah has not been good on the road; they are one and five. They've been better lately in general. Uh, beat Memphis, beat Portland, two bad teams, but ended up having two wars against Phoenix, which they lost. Good games though; they definitely scored some points, and I do think they can do that against the Lakers. Seven and a half is a lot of points. That's a lot of points. I think I'm going to lean to Utah in this one. I know the Lakers, once again, are a solid home team winning-wise, but a lot of their games are close, and a lot of their games come down to the final minutes because offensively they're not very good. And I do think that Utah, without Kessler, might get killed by by Anthony Davis. That's kind of the problem with this matchup. But I do think they can score. I'm going to lean Utah here. I think they'll be able to hang in there. I'm kind of threading the needle because I'm not picking the Jazz to win, but I think this game's close. With the implications at play, I do think both teams show up for this game, and I think the Lakers win by, like, five. So I see this being a close game, but I'm going to lean Utah. 
I think I'm going to uh, – Utah is so difficult to take an under with because they don't guard anybody. I'm going to lean under on the total okay. because I do think with the entire group being at stake here, maybe you get, I don't want to say a playoff atmosphere, but a more physical atmosphere, some potential extra motivation to actually try to guard somebody. I'm going to lean to the under, and I'm going to lean to the Jazz. Give me a close game that the Lakers eke out. So I looked this up, and this is on NBA.com, and there's an article that has – um, what's at stake this week for the in-season tournament. So it says here that uh, the Lakers have the biggest point differential advantage at plus 42. So even if the Jazz, which have a plus 19 point differential, if they, even if they beat the Lakers here tonight to pull even at uh, three to one, they need to win by at least 23 points. Oh, so the, so the head up. means nothing. Okay. Yeah. So it's a catch up in the first tiebreaker, which is point differential first. Okay. So in other words, the game doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Unless the Jazz just somebody gets hurt for the Lakers and they blow them out by 23, but I don't think we anticipate that happening. So you know what? The Jazz show up for pride. Now I got to throw up my entire handicap that I just spent a minute crafting in my head. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll lean to Utah, I guess, anyway. Seven and a half is too many for the Lakers. The Jazz are not a good team, but I think they're better than the record. They're four and nine. I think they're better than that. Like there are some really bad teams we mentioned before. They're not that bad. And the Lakers still can't really score. They always find themselves trailing after a quarter. So they always find themselves behind, and then it's tricky to actually make up and win by margin. I'll lean to Utah. The Lakers having some guys that are questionable, though. Since the game doesn't really matter, is there a chance that AD or LeBron might not play? Probably not, but you have to at least you have to consider it now, right? Um. So let me look at the Lakers' schedule. They have to basically see. not lose by thirty. So there is some incentive to actually maybe not play Anthony Davis or LeBron. Yeah, and maybe there's a case where they want to try to come on, take care of business early. But I think that the Jazz, I mean, this, I mean, I've watched a lot of Jazz games this season. Like they don't quit. Like, like I think we saw that against Phoenix. But I know Phoenix is a very different defensive team. But um, so this is a front end of a back to back for the Lakers. They go to Dallas tomorrow. Oh, sorry, they welcome Dallas tomorrow. Luca comes to town. I mean, that is a look at spot since they basically won the difference. group already. So yeah. you can make an argument it's a decent yeah. spot for Utah to sneak up on them. Yeah, and then for Utah, I mean, I, I even if they have a look at spot, I don't think it's going to matter because everybody gets up to play in LA. Um, yeah, I'll lean with the I'll lean with the Jazz here. Give me the points here, plus seven and a half. Lean towards the over as well. Again, I feel like if the Jazz are in this game, it's a higher scoring game because I don't think they'll be able to slow down the Lakers defensively. Um, let me see if I can pull up their defensive rating here for the Jazz because I know they were giving up everything and anything to. <laughs> I'm going to save you Suns. the time. It's bad. Yeah, it's, it's it's a bad defensive team. Uh, yeah, fourth worst. So I mean, we talked about it with the Pacers down there, the Wizards, Spurs, and Hornets. Jazz are right there in that, uh, in that. So I'll lean towards the over in this game. Uh, money has come in on the over. It went from two thirty six and a half to two thirty seven and a half. Uh, all right, player props in this game, Scott. What are we looking at? Well, uh, I feel like if I was going to pick anybody on Utah, it would probably end up being Markkinen because uh, he's yeah. kind of that tweener guy that the Lakers don't exactly have somebody to guard. I thought about Clarkson because the volume's mm-hmm. going to be there. I am not picking the Taylor Horton-Tucker revenge game, so I'm not even going to make that case, so I'm not going to bother. Uh, for the Lakers, oh, God. <laughs> I, I, Clarkson, I watched him in that in those overtimes against the uh, Suns. It was not pretty. But I do think if I was looking for anybody on the Lakers, I actually don't mind an AD nuclear game. It's a da- it's a slippery slope because he picks and chooses when he shows up, but the Jazz really have nobody to stop him. And with Kessler being injured, exactly. they actually have no one that can guard him. I think AD might yeah. go for 30 tonight. I think he's in line for a good game. I don't mind LeBron triple-double if you want to go for something a bit crazy. I can see him having a massive stat one. Uh, yeah, Anthony Davis, I was looking at his rebounds. He's had 12 and a half at even money. Uh, two games last season in uh, April. Uh, 14 rebounds and 13 rebounds. I want to see how LeBron has done against the Jazz recently. Let's do this from since 2021. Um, so LeBron, 27 points. 6.7 rebounds, 6.2 assists. Uh, last game. Oh, sorry. He did play in those two games against the uh, Jazz in April last year. He had 37 points and 36 points. Like, yeah, I think yep. he also goes back to like 
what you mentioned for AD, like I don't think they have anybody that really slow down LeBron either. Yeah, that's definitely true. So, so yeah. if you want to just pick the okay. Lakers, I don't mind backing the superstars. Yeah. All right. Anything else for this game? No, not really. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for the schedule here tonight, a five-game schedule in the association. Uh, let's get over to our lock and dog here, Scott, and then we'll do our underdog fantasy entries. So what do you got for your uh, lock and dog? All right. Uh, for the lock, I was torn between either Magic first half or the Suns first quarter. Uh, I feel like you might take one of them, so I think I'm just going to go with the Suns first quarter. Uh, I think they're going to kill Portland in this game. Phoenix is not a good defensive team, but Portland sucks. They're, they're one of the worst teams in the entire league. Not entirely yeah. their fault because they're injured. But Phoenix first quarter is minus four and a half. I think they just come out and wax this team by like potentially double digits in the first quarter. You mentioned mm-hmm. how Katie or Booker is going to play every minute of the first 12. That's good enough yeah. for me. Phoenix is at home. Portland's been lost by 40 last game at home to OKC. This team's a laughing stock. This type of Portland roster is the team you'd see in the back half of the season for teams tanking for Wemby. This is what we saw last year, except we're about a month into the season. Give me the Suns first quarter, minus four and a half. I think they just come out and absolutely bury this Portland team early on. So that's going to be my lock. For my dog, uh, what do I want to go for my dog here? I'm trying to think if I actually liked any dogs for today. You know what? I'll go with the Pacers money line in this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, not much separating these teams, but I do think that the Pacers have looked like the better team up to this point. Give me the Pacers at like mm-hmm. plus 150. All right. I like that. Uh, all right. For my lock. I'll be the Take Derek the magic first half. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an automatic play like everybody knows, but... I mean, I just feel like this game is going to get seen at 270 points. Again, I, I'm just going to go with the over in the Pacers okay. and the Hawks game. I mean, look, it's up to 252 now in, in, in most spots. I bet 365 has that 252 now as well. This opened up at 250, so it's telling you, again, with these two teams, not very good defensively. They're top three in pace. We saw last season 143-130 in regulation. That was without overtime. Defense is going to be a very optional. Uh, it's going to be very optional in this game. And don't be surprised if this game is at 125, 125 with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're not having to sweat it. So I'll, 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 I'll be the bold square guy here. Just take the over. I don't know if it's bold or not, but over 252 and a half. Sorry, 252 uh, for my lock between the Pacers and the Hawks. Uh, for my dog, it might just have to be some type of like a player prop parlay because I don't like any dogs here tonight. I thought Um, about being different, by the way, and taking an alt over in that Pacers game at like 260 as my dog, but I decided not to. But I wonder what like those numbers are. Let's see, just for fun. Uh, So if you want to go 260, you could get that at plus 170. (laughs) I, I thought about it, but eh, decided not to. 263 is plus 220. All right, so let me put together. I think there's a couple of rebound props I like here for tonight, so I'll put that together. So um, let's go with number one, Joel Embiid, over 10.5 rebounds. And then uh, let's go with, uh, what was the other one I like? Anthony Davis, over 12.5 rebounds. Uh, those two guys, plus 248. Okay. Joel Embiid over 10 and a half rebounds and um, Anthony Davis over 12 and a half rebounds. I get you to plus 248. And then if you want to really have uh, another one, uh, one of the assists either for, I'll just throw in Hallie just because he's going to get 13 min- a minimum here. Uh, yeah, I was actually thinking about pivoting off of my dog from Pacers money line because I am kind of tempted by Halliburton 14 plus assists at plus 185. Oh, yeah. I think I'll do I that can't... instead. Okay. No right. offense to the Pacers, but I feel better about them just scoring points <laughs> and not having to worry about them stopping anybody anytime soon. So yeah. I'm going to take back the Pacers money line. My new lock and dog, lock's going to be Suns first quarter minus four and a half. Dog's going to be Halliburton 14 plus assists at plus 185. There we go. Um, I think at 13 is what I mentioned last year. Uh, yeah. But again, the usage rate is just completely different right now for... Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. All right, uh, let's do our underdog. 
underdog fantasy entry here for tonight in the association again make sure you go over to underdogfantasy.com use our promo code sgpn uh if you are a new user uh if you haven't already signed up i don't know what you're waiting for but if you do sign up and use a promo code sgpn you will get a 100 deposit bonus of up to 100 dollars so Again, if you put in 50 bucks, they'll give you 50 bucks all the way up to 100, obviously, uh, 100% deposit bonus courtesy of Underdog Fantasy. But make sure you use that promo code SGPN. All right, Scott. Um, let's see. So let, I guess we start with throwing Halliburton in there first. I want to see what the number is out of curiosity. 12 assists. Sure. We'll go higher then. Okay. And 12, what else do you like? So yeah, I like LeBron higher. On points, I think it's at 24 and a half. Okay. That feels All right, we'll go with that. Yeah. All right. What else? Uh, just let me know if they have LeBron at 24 and a half. Yeah, it's at 24 and a half. Okay, cool. So I'll take the higher on that. And then we need one more. I just, out of curiosity, what are Durant's assists at? Kevin Durant assist is five. Is it four and a half or five? Five. Damn it. Okay, I was hoping it was at four and a half. You have a play you want to talk half, about? But I feel like there's a there's a blowout factor with Devin Booker's you know? assist at seven and a half. Um, yep. you know what? What about Garland? Twenty two and a half points, especially with Donovan Mitchell not there and Karis Levert questionable. There's also a blowout potential in that game too, though. That's kind of the yeah. Problem. Um, um, I you know what? You want to just go back to something with that Hawks game? You want to take Trey assists with Halliburton assists, and we'll just go for chaos. 11 assists is a number. You have any thoughts on Trey. that? I mean, I think he could. I, mean, I think he got ejected the, the last game. He was already at five assists in 20 minutes. Yeah. So All right. I don't mind the higher for both both point guards assists in a game in the 250s and then LeBron points. Yeah. All right. So that $100 entry on Underdog Fantasy will get you a nice $600 uh, return. So Trey Young, higher 11 assists. LeBron James, higher 24 24- 24 and a half points and then Tyrese Halliburton higher 12 assists here tonight uh, for our underdog entry. Again, make sure to go to underdogfancy.com If you don't have an account already, uh, go and uh, create one and make sure you use that promo code SGPN before you make a deposit and you'll get that hundred percent deposit bonus of up to $100. All right. That is going to do it for this edition of the NBA gambling podcast. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? Not really. Uh, Terrell and I have the NFL show. A reminder, Thanksgiving episode. So we have more than one game for the Tuesday episode. But we are going to do that later. Uh, we're going to be back with the NBA show tomorrow, yep. uh, Terrell and I. So mm-hmm. there's going to be that as well. I believe you have a prop show coming up. Uh, we're doing a double header for prop cast tomorrow for okay. NBA. Or see, no, we're, we might be doing NFL I think today. you're doing one today. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're doing NFL today, and then we'll do uh, um, NBA tomorrow for PropCast. So, yeah, a uh, lot of stuff happening this week with obviously Thanksgiving week. So trying to get these pods uh, out early to you guys so you can take advantage of listening and also hopefully make some more money uh, in your pockets. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. Make sure to hit that smash that like button for us before you guys get out of here if you're watching on the YouTube stream. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review for the NBA Gambling Podcast whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on Apple, wherever you do get your uh, podcast, uh, uh, really helps us grow the show. Uh, And like Scott mentioned, Terrell and Scott will be back tomorrow for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Same time, same place uh, for the Wednesday schedule. All right, till then, good luck with your bet. Let's break these books off and let it ride. 